0: It is early on Monday morning. I'm actually here at Shine and recording this intro. I actually forgot to say hi. Welcome to Dr. Low Show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. I was actually just um, messaging my assistant. I have done so many intros. I was feeling like I was getting in an intro rut. (laughs) You know, you just kind of get on autopilot. So trying to mix it up a little bit for you guys. I hope you have had a great uh, weekend and that you are feeling good getting into the week. I have been really reframing Mondays where I wake up and the first thing I do is actually smile, even if I kind of force like a half smile and I just thank God for the day. I just go into gratitude and I'm finding that if I'm feeling kind of in a pessimistic mood, the moment I start to say, thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for this, thank you for that. Like literally, even if I'm like, thank you for my elbows, thank you for my hair, thank you for my whatever, like random, and then I get into bigger things, it just shifts my Mindset so quickly. It's incredible. And there's studies showing that when you're more grateful, it increases your serotonin. So if you're feeling like you're a little blah, I encourage you maybe to press pause and just go on a gratitude rampage, I like to call it, and just being grateful and thanking God for what you have. And if you don't believe in God, thanking yourself for the work that you're doing. But, you know, I believe in a higher power and I believe that we're given this life, we're given gifts, and we really get to be grateful for them, you know, and appreciate it. I know how I feel when I give someone a gift and they don't really seem grateful. It's kind of like, well, dang, I'm not going to give you gifts anymore. You know what I mean? But if we're really grateful, it creates more of that abundance um, to get more. So anyway, that was just off the cuff in my head. By the way, I'm going to be starting a second podcast pretty soon, you guys. It's a faith-based podcast because I have had a recent life change, life transformation, really getting my faith right with God. And you know, I'm not planning on making this podcast. uh, one that is religious in any way. Um, I want to create a second one that's going to give you the option to listen to it if that's something you're led to do. So, um, but more on that to come. I'm just in the beginning stages of that, but I'm very, very excited to, uh, bring that to fruition. This is going to be a fun show. We're going to be talking all about hormones, but before I jump into it, a few things I wanted to throw at you guys. One is if you are listening to this and you are in the phase of your life where you're wanting to, at some point soon, become a mom, um, if you're listening, or if you want to be a dad and you want to prep your body for that, research shows that babies are born with significant amounts of toxins nowadays. So it's very important that if you are wanting to conceive that you are conscious and deliberate about cleaning your body up prior to that, getting your eggs in a healthy clean state and also for the guys getting those swimmers polished up. It actually helps you to conceive easier and it it actually helps your baby to be healthier and it actually helps to prevent miscarriage by doing that. So if you are new to listening to this show, you may not know that a big focus of mine and my practice is fertility. So I work a lot with women and couples to help prepare their bodies for pregnancy. And I was finding that as I was in appointments with patients, I was going, God, I really want more people to know this information because it breaks my heart when couples go to rep, you know reproductive centers and they just get so discouraged about <clears throat> their chances of conce- conceiving and what they can do naturally. And so I put a lot of time and effort um, with the help of our nutritionist, Elizabeth, who's been on the show as well. Um, We created a program called Golden Eggs. And this program is exactly for just that, getting your eggs to a healthy, optimal state where you are able to conceive easier, have a healthy pregnancy, help prevent miscarriage, and also to prepare your body for an easier pregnancy and an easier postpartum period. So I am a huge advocate for, um, you know, prevention and also preparation in this way. If you are in that state or if you've already had kiddos, but you want to heal your body up, if you want to have another baby, or even if you have no prospects in terms of that, da- you know, baby daddies, but you want to get your body to a prime place to where once that time comes, it's easier for that to happen. Maybe you're in your thirties or approaching 40 and you want to do what you can. This is exactly for you. So two Look into the program. It is called goldeneggsfertility.com. You want to head over there, check it out. Highly encourage you to be a student. And I'll basically walk you through the exact process that I bring my patients through in my clinic. It's a six-week program that walks you through how your hormones work, what you can do in terms of nutrition, lifestyle practice, and supplements to help prepare your body for pregnancy. Um, Also, I'll give you an inside look of the labs that I run for patients. And then also how I treat specific conditions that get in the way of fertility. So hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, PCOS, fibromyalgia, or sorry, fib- not endometriosis. Um, those are conditions that can impair your fertility, and I go over the protocols that I do for each of those. There's also a portion about how to prepare your body if you are choosing to do IVF, so the supportive therapy that you can do with that. And then there's a whole section on healthy sperm. That's called the Golden Swimmers section, which I love the name of that. So again, check it out, goldeneggsfertility.com. If maybe you have a friend or family member who this would be great for, Christmas is around the corner. It would be a beautiful gift for them. I wanted to give some love to one of our show sponsors, Fabletics. So I am really happy to be partnering with Fabletics. It's a fashionable uh, athletic gear company founded by Kate Hudson, the adorable Kate Hudson. And what I love about this company is their clothes and their shoes are really, really affordable and they're really cute. So two uh, pairs of leggings for only $24, which is like half the price of one Lululemon sports bra. It's amazing. So they have all kinds of sizes from extra small to plus sizes. Um, like I said, they have shoes, they have running gear, yoga gear, sports bras, whatever you want. They have it on there. It's really cute stuff and their styles are always changing. So if you would like to get their special, like I said, it's the two leggings for 24 bucks for my listeners, head over to fabletics.com slash Dr. low. So it's dot com slash Dr. Lowe enter your email to sign up for a VIP and then you will get your special for the two leggings for 24 bucks. It's free shipping for all orders over $49. Enjoy your new gear. Our friends over at Organifi are running a special right now. It is called their Sunrise to Sunset Power Box. It is three products that you use throughout the day, one in the morning, which is their green juice. I have talked all about this many times on the podcast before. Their green juice, it is is freeze-dried, it has 11 detoxing superfoods, which is uh, includes moringa, chlorella, ashwagandha, wheatgrass. It's loaded with veggies. So if you have a hard time getting vegetables in your routine, this is a great way to bring them in. And then during the day, you can use the red juice, which is going to help boost your fat burning and energy. There are uh, superfruits and berries in it, some adaptogen herbs to help you deal with stress. And then to close out your night, there's the, the Organified Gold, which is a gold tea. It's made with turmeric and ginger, lemon balm, reishi. It helps to calm stress and helps you relax at night so you sleep really well. So I love this. I recommend this for my patients all the time. Right now, they're running a special for the three of them for 26% off. And then for my listeners, you get an additional 20% off. So that's 46% off this whole package. So if you'd like to get yours, head over to Organifi.com. O R G A N I F I dot com at at checkout. Enter Dr. Low 20, D R L O 20, and you will get 20% off. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We have my good friend Dr. Carrie Jones. I think this is your third time being on the show. Third or fourth, third? yeah. Fourth. We talked about how to have a, how to have a healthy vagina. Yeah. That. that was the first. <laughs> we'll put these in the show notes. What were the other ones? I should have prepped for this. I feel really bad about it. <laughs> I know.
1: We've talked about we talked a little bit about testing before. We've talked about I think this might be the fourth. I think we've I think done three other. Well, you yeah, okay. will put put in the show
0: notes. I can't yeah, remember. I'll put it in the show notes. But today I wanted to get more specific because I get a lot of DMs about this. So selfishly, I want to just shoot it over and be like, here you go. Listen to the show, uh, <laughs> all about birth control options. So yeah, we know that the birth control has obviously some pros, but there's a lot of cons and there are a lot of type of birth controls and there's, you know, like the whole timing thing, but that isn't for everyone. So let's jump into all the different types of birth control options. So we know there's the pill, right? And yep. There's the, there's the
1: pill, the, the, implant, their IUD, the ring, and there's the barrier methods. There's the abstinence method. There's so many
0: ways to go when it comes to birth control. Okay. Well, let's start with the most commonly talked about is the pill. Definitely the birth control pill. Yeah. Yeah. So pros and
1: cons. Pros and cons. Well, so first of all, with the birth control pill, just so people remember when you take the birth control pill, you are taking a synthetic form, so a fake form of estrogen and a fake form of progesterone. And what it does is it goes up to your brain and it says, shut down any communication to the ovaries, I got this. And so the pill takes over and your ovaries don't do anything. You don't make an egg, you don't ovulate, you don't make estrogen, you don't make progesterone. And so it shuts all that down. And and definitely, like you said, Pros and cons. Let's start with the let's start with the pros. Um, it right it protects you against pregnancy if taken correctly and taken consistently. Consistently, and for some women it can be really really helpful who have irregular cycles or very heavy cycles, migraines with their cycle, and um, e- even endometriosis um, pain. I have seen women go on the pill and find relief just because of the consistency in these fake hormones. And so there it definitely can be uh pros in that regard. Now also like PCOS or cystic acne. Definitely. Definitely. PCOS acne. But if if you have any of these symptoms, know that it's exactly that. So basically it's a big fat band-aid for your symptoms. It's not Mm -hmm. getting to the cause. It's not like you have PCOS or acne or, you know, super heavy periods because you're missing or depleted in the birth control pill, right? Like you're taking the pill and it's literally going to swoop in like you know, some sort yeah. of pill hero and yeah. just cover it up. And then once you go off the pill, all the same things are going to come back. And then then, then what do you do? Yeah. So it is good for those women who need it in the short term or who need it while they're working on a whole lot of other stuff. Like the goal is to work on the cause of your acne or PCOS or heavy periods or whatever um, while uh, if you need to use the birth control pill. Now, if you're just strictly using it for birth control, that you don't have any other, you don't have any symptoms, um, just be aware that there are some some pretty well-known side effects. I mean, there's lots of research that's coming out. There's a lot of um, more emphasis that's come to the birth control pill lately, especially as uh, doctors like Dr. Jolene Brighton have coined the term post-birth control syndrome and how the birth control can lead to a number of mood disorders, gut disorders, as it affects the microbiome blood sugar, diabetes type things. Um, it's pro-inflammatory for some women. Um, it can increase weight. It can decrease your sex drive because of its effect on testosterone. It can really affect the, the health of your vagina because it affects, again, the vaginal microbiome. You, it reduces hormones. Women report you know, less vaginal mucus, more pain with intercourse. And so it can really just be problematic for a lot of women when they go on the pill and doesn't really make it that much worth it.
0: Yeah. And we did a whole episode with um, Dr. Jolene Brighton that we'll put in the show notes too, if you guys want to check that out. Also interesting about how it changes your um, sexual attraction to the opposite sex.
1: Yes. Which I read an article once that said, if you're going to get married to somebody, if you're engaged and you're going to get married and you're on the pill, go off the pill and make sure you still like them, right? <laughs> because you may find that you, you, you get married on the pill and you go off the pill to become pregnant eventually. And when you go off the pill, because of that, you're least, you're less attracted to the person that you're so with. wild! And then what?
0: <laughs> I wonder how much of the divorce rate is because of the pill.
1: Women stop the pill. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow. So interesting.
0: Yeah. So anything else about the pill? streamed it on?
1: Well, one of the things about the pill that I just remind people, uh, well, two things when you're on the pill. So it's like, you have to be kind of type A to take it, right? Because most, a lot of the pills, there's a very narrow window. So if you are the type of woman who can't remember anything and you, know, like you don't like to swallow pills, you know, the pill is probably not for you. So if you can't remember that, you should take it every morning at 7am when you get up. Um, but you take it sporadically at seven and sometimes you take it at night and sometimes you skip a day, sometimes you skip two days, like you're not gonna get the protection that you're looking for or the symptom relief you're looking for if you do it that way. So that will actually end up screwing you up even more. So just yeah. be very careful, mindful of that. The other thing I like to remind women of that does get talked about quite a bit, which I love, is that when you get a period on the pill, it's not actually a period. It's not like your brain communicated to your ovaries who communicated to your uterus to shed a lining. It's actually completely different. It's what's known as a withdrawal bleed. So the pill is just controlled when you bleed from the lining of the uterus, when you shed it and when you don't. And so I do have women who will DM me and tell me about their, you know, their periods while on the pill or they'll want to talk about testing because they're on the pill and, you know, what their periods are like. And um I'm like well as a reminder, like I understand what you're saying completely. I understand why you say period but just know the mechanism of action is it's actually a withdrawal bleed. There's really nothing o- ovarian involved in any of the pill because the pill has shut all that
0: down. Interesting. What about yeah. cancer risk or cardiovascular risk?
1: Definitely both um, because it is a fake estrogen uh, specifically the fake progestin in it. You have to be, you have to be cautious about increased cancer risk and cardiovascular risk. I'm always cautious with women, especially those who are smokers, those who have a history of, of clotting disorder. Um, you know, I want to make sure that I, I specifically, um, not a bleeding disorder, but a clotting disorder. So you clot more than the average woman. And so if you do the pill, that oral fake estrogen can actually increase your clotting risk. Um, it can increase, um, you know, sort of the, the, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, the, like one of the markers is called fibrinogen that you run in the blood, like the stickiness of the blood and the pill can increase that as well. And so I'm often very, very careful. The pill is designed, in my opinion, for women who are younger, right? The pill was designed to help the young woman avoid pregnancy um, and take control of her you know, fertility, sexuality, you know, be able to enter the workplace. And again, we're talking about the history of the pill here. But what happened is a lot of women are like, man, this is, this is awesome. If I do the pill and I can just control myself, I'm going to take it into my 40s and even 50s. Right. And I don't feel the pill was, does, the body wasn't designed to be on the pill from like 18 into 52. You know, right. like That's a lot yeah. of years on a lot of synthetic hormone. And I'm, I'm always telling women, are you sure about that? Are you, are you sure? You want yeah. all that syntheticness, because um, who knows, who knows what it's doing to
0: somebody. And also, too, I out. mean, I feel like a lot of times primary care or endocrinologists don't really stress the the risks of it. I see that all the time.
1: They don't. It's definitely given out like candy. Yeah, um, I find, and and I think um, a lot of primary care and OBGYNs and gynecologists like that's their go-to because they haven't been trained in anything else. You know, right. oh, you have you have cystic acne, here, go on, you know, Yaz or Yasmin because the drosperinone in it helps with testosterone and helps the acne. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Did you know that acne is caused by a multitude of things like right. diet and lifestyle and gut and topical stuff and chemicals? And there's actually a pathway called the five alpha pathway that we can, we can work with when it comes to supplements and diet. And you know, there's just so, did you know that when you talk on your phone and your phone's filthy, dirty, like no wonder you've, acne on your chin like you put your phone <laughs> up to your chin what are you thinking you know and so it, and i when i tell women this or especially like women in offices who, who talk on you know like actual office phones and i'm like how often do you clean your phone and they're like never i'm like do you want to know why you have like sort of like acne on your chin and jawline and stuff it's you got to be careful of your environment too That's
0: so funny but yet they're
1: put on the pill they're like well my doctor never mentioned my phone they put me on the pill I'm like wow
0: mm-hmm. That's true. That's a they big thing. They don't get one. taught
1: these extra reasons and causes and alternatives. They're like, oh, have acne, have PCOS, have heavy periods, take pill. And yeah.
0: The other side too, like, of course, primary care would never talk about this. And some holistic doctors don't know about this, is that birth control can completely alter your gut Micro- microflora, um, yeah. microbiome, just like antibiotics can. I mean, yeah. to the same extent. And, so, and
1: nobody connects the dots because – if you, for example, you go to your OBGYN and I don't mean to pick on OBGYNs, but that's usually who dispenses maybe the, like the pill. You go for your, you know, your female exam, your annual, and then they're like, here, go on the pill. But you might say like, well, I'm having gas and bloating or I'm having diarrhea or constipation, or I keep getting heartburn or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, that's not me. That's gastroenterology. Go see a GI doctor. Right. And it turns out it's actually because of the birth control pill you're on. And if you chose a different form, a birth control, and then address the gut, improved gut health, you would find it's, yes, it is GI, but it doesn't require a GI doctor. It requires-
0: A naturopathic doctor. A naturopathic <laughs> doctor. Exactly. Like Boom. not going
1: on the pill and fixing <laughs> your, your GI tract. It's hard to put these two and two things together, you know, because yes. why, if, you go, you, if you say to your OBGYN, I'm bloated and I have constipation, they're going to go, well, that's not me. Yeah. You know, take more fiber, drink Metamucil and, you know, good luck.
0: Now, I know you're not like working in the clinical setting anymore. You're working mainly, you know, with Dutch. But back in the day when you were um, seeing patients, were you would you try to get them off the pill? I mean, I don't, I don't really have a lot of patients that I try to still stay on the pill. I try to get them off into other options, but I'm um, curious.
1: I'd, well, I definitely would give them. I'm not opposed to birth control in any form at yeah, all. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I mean, it's not my journey and it's not my goal. So I would just walk them through the pros and cons. Yeah, and for a number of women, it was maybe short term for something, you know, or um, you know, they would, we would, we would discuss like, okay, if you're gonna do the pill, you know, let's talk about what that looks like. How long would you think you'd want to be on the exactly? Pill? Depending yeah. on their age, you know, some of them are like, well, I just want to be on it for like three to five years, and then you know, and then I'm gonna consider having children, or then you know, whatever that I'll. Can, like I feel like I can handle an IUD better or right or whatever it is and so I would definitely walk them through these pros and cons and I would say okay it's up to you and then some of them would go that sounds awful I'm gonna try something else right or or in, in their relationship if they're in a in they're in a monogamous um relationship with a man and I'm like well what about him getting a vasectomy you know like right. are you done having children yeah we're done having children Okay. Are you, you know, how's the relationship going? Oh, it's great. We're wonderful. Like then why doesn't he go get a vasectomy? Right, exactly. And problem solved. (laughs) Yeah. No chemicals involved.
0: (laughs) The other thing to remember too is that the birth control pill can deplete certain nutrients. Yes. Right? So B vitamins, different minerals like magnesium yes. and zinc. So just keeping a, an eye on that.
1: definitely can manifest as other things, right? You, you get depleted in B12 and you, the, you're you tired, right? Fatigue yeah. is a big one, brain fog. Even some neurological stuff, B12 is heavily involved in neurological um, functioning. And so again, you go tell your OBGYN, hey, look, I'm having like tingling in my feet and I'm really tired all the time and I have brain fog and I'm like, well, that's not me. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's thyroid or maybe it's Yeah. maybe maybe it's neuro. Let's go see a neurologist. And you're like, that's really? And come to find out you're just B six depleted, you're B twelve depleted, you're, you know, B two depleted, all because yeah. of the birth control pill. And if anyone had just said, if you choose to go on the pill, make sure you take a good quality B vitamin and probably some extra B twelve and let's keep an eye on that marker. Then you wouldn't have to see an endocrinologist and a neurologist, you know, in in yeah. and, and you could you could be covered.
0: Exactly. So yeah, we're, we're pretty similar in that. It's like, I want people to be on it as short as they need to be, but making it realistic. And then also, okay, if you're going to stay on it, how can we make this as safe as possible? Let's yes. check your deficiency. See if you have anything right now that needs to be addressed. Let's get you, you know, taking some supplements and altering your diet a bit, maybe a good probiotic and just protecting your gut while you're on it. Yes. So just making yes. it work better for your body. Um, and-
1: one of the things I will say is I do on social media, I will see uh, holistic type practitioners promoting going on a detox when you're on the birth control pill. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I always have to warn and educate. If you do any type of detoxification and you speed up your liver processing, you will speed up the um, clearance of the pill in your body, which means you can increase your risk for pregnancy and decrease the effectiveness of the pill in your body. So I've absolutely had women who said to me, well, I went on this two weeks cleanse and I'm pregnant. I'm like, yep. (laughs) because You know, like the pill, um, efficacy went down, like the liver just
0: sped up faster.
1: Therefore it got sped up faster. So I tell women, I know it seems like you shouldn't want to go on a detox with the pill or they get you get taught to go on a detox, but anything that spe- speeds up liver processing is going to speed up um, the processing of all of your medications, all of your supplements, including the, the birth control pill. So just- Yeah.
0: Be- Let's say someone is like, okay, yeah, I know the pros and cons. I'll be careful about everything, but I do want to do the birth control pill. Is there one that you- think is a kind of a lesser of the evils?
1: I try to go with the low dose first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have, to, I warn them about, you know, like breakthrough bleeding and spotting, um, which it means the low dose is, is not, is too low for them. Mm-hmm. But usually I start out with the low dose. I have definitely have practitioners that ask me, Oh, do you prefer what's called the mini pill? Or the progestin-only pill, which is a, a fake progesterone only. There's no fake estrogen in it, um, and that's the one that's often given, like after birth, right? It's safe and breast safe-ish in breastfeeding, and, and um, a lot of a lot of new moms are put on that one. But what I tell women is that's the most um, particular, picky, extra high maintenance pill, I guess. Yeah. Like if you miss it, some women I've had, if you miss it even within an hour, you know, if Whoa. you normally take it at 7 a.m. and you forgot and took it at 8 a.m., they're like, you know, I started spotting, Crazy. which means they're not protected anymore from, for, for fertility or a pregnancy, if that's their thing. Yeah. So I'm like, you have to be the most type A neurotic set your phone type <laughs> of person if you're going to do the mini pill, in my opinion, in my experience, in my practice, because I would absolutely have women go, I traveled, I went to Europe, I forgot, right. I took the pill at 7am you know west coast time and then i took it at 7am paris time and i started my period i'm like uh huh yeah uh-huh.
0: <laughs> i know i'm sorry
1: you should have taken it on the plane i don't know what to tell you <laughs> exactly
0: i need to add a condom on that one i know um, exactly exactly <laughs> Okay, cool. I think that's pretty good about the pill. Let's talk about IUDs. Yeah. So there are, used to be just two IUDs, and now there's a few, right?
1: Well, there's a few forms of the progestin-only IUD. So there mm-hmm. was the Marina, or there is the Marina. The Marina is the one that has the fake progesterone in it called progestin. And then Marina got little sisters. It got like um, a <laughs> Kylena, and it got Skyla, um, which have less progestin in it. And they're a little smaller um, for the woman who maybe has never had children or has a smaller uterus or didn't do well with the Marina. Um, and so I, um, I like the IUD, for absolutely. I have lots of women who chose the IUD route. Um, there are two types of IUD categories. There's the one we just said, the, the progestin IUD. So it has hormone in it. And then there's the non-hormonal one, which is the copper IUD or the Paragard IUD, same thing. Um, and that one is a copper coil wrapped IUD. And it's the copper that has the effect on, um, you know, the sperm, killing the sperm and then implantation. And so with, with, uh, with the progestin IUD, um, the pros to that one are that progestin will often thin the lining of the uterus. So women who have really heavy periods love it because they're like, I don't get crazy clots and I don't bleed for nine days and I don't go through 16 super tampons in a day. This is great. Um, but the downside to it is that that progestin in it can, in some women, shut down ovulation. Not all women, though. And if you shut down ovulation, you're going to shut down your own uh, progesterone production. So I have women who do the IUD, IUD, and because that that IUD, it doesn't affect the brain like the birth control pill does. It doesn't shut everything down, but t- and take over. There's no estrogen in the IUD, so your your own ovaries are still going to make estrogen. But if you don't make a lot of progesterone because your ovulation's been shut down, and the IUD doesn't have a lot of that fake progesterone in it, then you're you could be really imbalanced. You could have a lot of estrogen dominant symptoms. Mm, so I'll have women with the marina or the Kylina or the skylus say, I still feel like my breasts hurt, I still feel really pms Um, I've even had them say, I get back pain, I have greasy hair, I have greasy skin, that my moods are being affected. I'm like, I know it's it's a total hormone imbalance because right. the iud has some hormone in it but not much and in, in some women that's a big deal and in some women it's not a big deal and they absolutely love it so i find that women either love the marina skyla Kyleena, or they hate it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> is there would Whereas there be a way it. to kind of offset those imbalances if they um, were to keep it in
1: I have, so when you, with the IUD, I, or with that IUD, I, um, for example, there are certain herbs that help the body ovulate better, but when you're working against a fake progesterone an actual hormone, I find those herbs are not strong enough. So in some women, I have definitely put them on progesterone to just get progesterone in their body. So they'll have the IUD and they'll be on progesterone, which is, you know, if it's, indicate like in that ongoing, women.
0: like throughout their whole cycle. Oh no, no,
1: I'll do it like like half the cycle yeah. in the luteal phase. So in the second half of their cycle. But how do you
0: know when the luteal phase is? With with being on it, sometimes it's it's so, hard
1: to it, sometimes it's super hard because some women, um, some women still bleed, right? Some women yeah. still have a period. Some women just get spotting. Yeah. So they'll know. They're like, well, I don't get a full period anymore, but I'll have like a day of spotting and a little moodiness, and then it right. goes away. Like all right, that's day 1. Let's let's count forward from there. Yeah. And okay. some women who love it, they're typically the ones who love it and they're not in your office. They like, don't get a period, they don't have symptoms. Yeah. And you don't see them, so you don't need to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Which okay. is great. Um I will say as as someone who had an IUD, I had the Paragard back in the day and I ooh, did too. Oh I Jesus. Had <laughs> I had some heavy periods. I remember being in school and we were doing a um, hydrotherapy lab and uh-huh. I had a very heavy period and had a fun little experience on the, (laughs) on the exam table. There was pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. I had really Mm -hmm. heavy periods and I remember I would use a tampon and I still would need to change it. Did you have that same
1: same experience? I did not. No, mine was my little, my Paragard, that sneaky bastard. He kept trying to, or she, it kept trying to (laughs) flip out. So I literally had no, I had the pair. So the copper, the Paragard is the copper wrapped one. So a lot of women have Heavy periods with the copper—not all, but it's a very common side effect: increased period, increased bleeding, and increased cramps. And so I actually didn't have either of those. I had pretty easy periods, but all of a sudden, because it was trying to slip out, it was trying to slip out my cervix, um, I would just spot 24/7 all the time. And I (laughs) thought at first it was from the copper and the IUD. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, it makes women bleed more. It must be me. And then I had an ultrasound, and my ultrasound tech was like oh no, your IUD is like right here. (laughs) Like like, it's expelling itself and it didn't hurt. I had no cramps or anything, which everyone was surprised by. But, um, so then I had it taken out and I had a second one put in because the head radiologist said, I bet your IUD was put in too low. Um, tell the next doctor who puts it in to to shove it in all the way to the top. And I I was like, (laughs) tongue in cheek, right? I'm like, okay, like for sure. So my second doctor who did it, I told her the whole story and she's like, no problem. We will make sure that IUD is at the top of your uterus. And she did. She did great. And it worked great for a couple months. And then all of a sudden I was spotting again. And I was like, God. (laughs) Dang it. Back down. <laughs> so I actually had Debbie, you know, our, our mutual friend, Debbie, yeah. my girl, my best friend. And I was like, can you look up there and see where the IUD is? And so she inserted the speculum and she's like, it's literally right
0: there, Carrie. <laughs> Naturopathic doctors who are best friends do funny things. I know. Like so I,
1: Yeah. Hilariously. So she, i was like, can you just pull it out? So she did.
0: <laughs> Get that thing out of there.
1: I know, but definitely women, they struggle with the copper. So the copper can be pro-inflammatory. And it can, um, in some women, increase estrogen. It can increase estrogen production. It can increase sort of estrogen's actions. It can increase your uh, period, how much you bleed. It can increase cramps. And so for women who are already heavy bleeders with lots of cramps, I'm really hesitant to yeah. use that IUD with them. For just sure. because, ouch, it could, it could be okay or it could be exponentially bad.
0: Yeah. And if you if you do have it, probably good to take some iron, probably take some zinc. Yes. And, yep. And uh, test
1: like, make uh, sure. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on the iron. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. And the zinc to counterbalance that copper and but even hormone testing. Yeah, even, exactly. You know, check, check your hormones. estrogen, check mm-hmm. your progesterone.
0: And it's nice for, for, for women, though, who are not the type A, like, you know, neurotic, where they can remember to take everything the exact same yeah. time every day. That's it, definitely a big pro.
1: The huge bonus of the IUD, you insert it and the the marina can stay in for five years and the copper for 10. Like, yeah. great. I don't yeah. want to have to think about this for five or 10 years, but my uterus was...
0: And very, very effective. <laughs> very effective. But there is a, a very slight risk of ectopic pregnancy, right? There
1: is. There is. You ha- you do have to be careful. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah and you have to
1: when you if you get an IUD inserted I tell women um it, to talk to your the, the the person who's inserting it about cutting the strings on the on the longer end initially so the mm-hmm. IUD is T-shaped and it gets inserted um it looks like an eye when it's inserted and when it goes up into the uterus the, the arms come out and then it looks like a T so don't worry you're not inserting like a big T-shaped thing up in, up in there right <laughs> it's eye shaped so it's up and down and it's on strings and their strings are so that when you're ready for it to come out you can go to your doctor and they can grab the strings with little forceps and pull it out. It's, and it's actually generally pretty straightforward. Minor discomfort for a second and then it slides right out. Yeah. And, and don't worry, the arms are bendy. So they'll bend up again into an eye. So when you pull it out, it just slides out. But what I have absolutely experienced through the years are women who had their strings cut really short and then their partner can feel it, whether it's their partner's finger, the right. penis, you know, and, they're, and even though the strings are supposed to get soft with your mucus. If they're too short, while. they stick right out. And it's kind of like fishing wire. Yeah, they, no, no, no penis wants fishing wire poking at it
0: uh, during true. sex.
1: It's so true. <laughs> ask them to cut them on the longer side. And then if it is a problem, they can always cut them shorter later. They can mm-hmm. always go back in and recut. Um, but if they're too short, there's nothing you can do. It's not like I can make them longer.
0: <laughs> I had a patient That's- who actually had their IUD lodged in the side of their uterus and then it was stuck. Like they weren't even able to see yeah. it. Out.
1: It can be, um, it can embed itself in the uterus. in some women I'd say in my entire career, I've probably had that uh, twice once actually Me when too. I was a resident um, we went to remove it. And it, we, the, we could actually from a uh, on the, on the tweezers or the forceps pulling, I could actually feel like a ripping sensation. And of Oof. course you could feel it. So uh, she was like, just go fast, but it right. was, so you got it, got it out though. Like, We did. And then the second woman I had to refer um, for ultrasound guided because they wanted to an OBGYN who could do much more, you know, uh, because I couldn't get it out. Even though I found the strings and it could pull, like it was excruciating for her.
0: I feel like we're freaking everyone out from getting an IOD.
1: I know. But the majority, like 90 plus percent, have no no issue. Exactly. And, And I'm sure lots of people listening are like, have an IUD, or their sister has an IUD, or their best friend has an IUD, and they're like, Yeah, they're doing great.
0: Exactly. Yeah, most people do great with it. But yeah. Um, okay, so the pill, IUD, and. So then there's things like ask? the
1: implant and the injection, um, but which, and now the implant goes in the arm. Um, they're like little tiny matchsticks that go in the arms. So there's like Norplant um, that was off the market for a while, and now it's back on. Hmm. And it's definitely one of those things that they inserted under the skin um, in your arm, kind of by your armpit. And it is uh, estrogen and proge- or fake estrogen and progesterone uh, that does sort of take over, much like the birth control pill. But it is inserted and sort of in, in there, so you don't have to worry about taking something every day. Now the downside is if you ever go look up the side effects, they're they're massive and many. It's mood swings, it's hair falling out, it's heavy periods, it's cramps. It's it's kind of like a, like a real worst case scenario. So I'm not that. I personally am not a big fan of the implants. And once they're in, they're really hard to get out. You have to sort of minor surgically remove them. And they, I have absolutely seen the scar tissues. I've had women who've come in and have had an implant in their arm. And then when they had it surgically removed, the implant itself causes a lot of scar tissue. And now they have this scar tissue sort of area up by their armpit on their arm.
0: Interesting. And so I, they, would, I would think the same risks with uh, the pill, right? Because it's hormonal.
1: It is. Yeah. 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 Okay, Uh, I want to talk about barrier methods. And that leads us to barrier. So barrier, besides condom, which of course I feel like everybody knows, for women there are barrier options for you. One is the diaphragm, which um, is funny because the diaphragm sort of comes was in favor forever. Like maybe when like our moms
0: Mm -hmm. were younger,
1: you know, like I remember my mom talking about the diaphragm, and nobody I know has a diaphragm. Nobody my age. Actually, diaphragm. I
0: remember uh, Carrie from Sex and the City. I remember there's an episode where she's like, "I have to. My diaphragm is stuck. I don't know." Oh, that's
1: right! Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, like it was, it's like off and on, kind of popular, but it is yeah. a barrier method. It's kind of like a. How do we describe it earlier? It's like a. It's like a dental dam. Like a, a dental a dam. Yeah, kind of. yeah. It's like a. It's like the stretchy rubber material on a ring, and you ins- you insert the ring, and it and with spermicide, and it and it barrier protects. The sperm from going up into uh, the cervix. So it is non hormonal, completely non hormonal. And of course, you know, as the woman, you have complete control. And, um, but you do have to insert it um, and then you do have to leave it in for a certain amount of time, depending on um, like what spermicide you're using and stuff after the fact, because you need this, that spermicide to kill all the sperm um, that are in the vagina if that's what happens when you're having sex. Yeah. Now, the alternative then is what's known as a cervical cap, and the cervical cap literally looks like a sailor's hat, and it fits on top of your cervix. So the cervix is the part of, it's the end part of your uterus, and that's where, like when you get a pap, a pap smear, that's where, they, that's where they collect the cells for the pap, and that's the part that gets expanded and where the babies come out. But when it's not expanded, it's really small, um, and this little cap fits over it like a hat, and it and you use spermicide with it, and it um, helps keep sperm from going up into uh, the uterus. So it is a it's a literal tighter barrier method.
0: Which so pro- is better between the two? Because they well, seem similar. Well,
1: so this the diaphragm is it can be big and bulky. So I definitely recommend the diaphragm more for um, maybe couples who have like been together for a while and women who are pretty confident and. Understanding their own anatomy and have no problem, you know, because you have to actually insert it with your finger. So you're gonna, it's not, it's not great for spontaneity because you're, if you're like, wait, hold on, exactly. I gotta go wash my hands, <laughs> put the, you know, and slide this in there to get it in the right part. Um, it's definitely a little bit better, better. if you're
0: gonna schedule sex, basically. Yes.
1: yeah, basically, like, or if you're like, if it's a weekend, right? If like yeah. I for the weekend, like you can put the diaphragm in, you know, and then be ready to go all day. Um, and. The cervical cap is really great because it fits over the cervix um, and they actually, there's a new company that has actually made the cervical cap easier. The big problem with the cervical cap before is that it would get suction onto the cervix and then women are like, I don't, I can't get all the way, I can't get in there. Right. Suction to pull it off. And so this company um, that I was talking to on social media said, we've actually designed the brim of the hat to be longer so you can actually pull it off much easier and um, not have any issues. I have had uh, women who have had it, you know, suctioned on there pretty tight. They've either had to have me pull it off or they've wow, had to yeah. have their partner go in there and like really try to pry it off.
0: <laughs> God, the things we do as women, I tell I you. I
1: know, if we could have just been born with a switch or a button or like a something, then it'd make it so much easier. <laughs> but I do so like cool. the barrier because you have, it's non hormonal. Um, you know, there's other than if you're allergic to various spermicides. Um, you know, they're they're latex or not? Excuse me, they're not latex. They're uh, silicone, so they're not latex, and they're not you know full of phthalates and yeah. you know things like that. And it allows you to plan. You can insert the cervical cap on a Friday night, and you know you can leave it in pretty much all weekend. That's cool. And have cool. repeat sex. Just just make sure to insert a little more spermicide um, as you go. You'll read the instructions, but. You know, some women really like that because they're like, I don't want to be pregnant. I don't, you know, we don't like condoms. I don't like condoms, yeah. but I want control, but we're not in a relationship where it's a vasectomy or whatever. So let's, let's protect.
0: Okay, cool. Well, yeah. let's talk about the timing method, you know, the fertility awareness the method. method. So yeah. if you if you're really in tune with that, I think it can be a very empowering way to not get pregnant. It's yeah. a great way to connect with your own body and understand where you are in your cycle it's I love understanding like am I ovulating right now and when mm-hmm. it, you know what day my cycle am, am I on and kind of knowing when you know you're fertile when you're not so let's talk about that
1: yeah so when I, I this is what I think is so crazy like, I think a lot of women assume they're fertile pretty much every day except right. the day bleeding, you know <laughs> yeah you know and they'll be they'll talk I'll be talking to them and they're like oh I'm in day 24 and you know, I have to be really careful I'm like really are you sure <laughs> you're only fertile, believe you're it or good, not, girl. you're only fertile a couple of days of the month and your egg only lives depending on the health of the egg, the egg only lives research says between like 4 and 48 hours with sort of 24 hours on the average. And so if you ovulated on day 14, you surely you are not fertile on day 24, I can assure you. Yeah. But what I don't what I see women fall into the trap of is that all the textbooks and all the apps tell us that we ovulate on day 14, no matter what. And that's just so not true. So just like you said, it absolutely requires women to get in touch with their body to understand what their fertility symptoms are, how their mucus changes. um, If they're tracking their temperature, if they're doing the LH uh, urine strips that you just buy from a drugstore, you know, pharmacy, um, which are called OPK ovulation predictor kit strips. And when, they, when everything changes, when you're positive an ovulation predictor kit, when your mucus gets long and stretchy because it's ready for sperm, um, when, whether, you, whether you're looking for it or not, um, when, you're, you know, you're, when your temperatures are low, and then when they spike, it means you've ovulated. So these are all your ovulation signs. And as you're, when your LH, your luteinizing hormone, which is the hormone that tells your ovaries to kick out an egg, when it goes up from start to finish, you have about you have about 36 ish hours um, from start to finish when you're going to, when you're going to ovulate. So you really, and then the egg only lives about 24 hours. So it's only a couple days of your cycle. And if you're tracking and you know, when your mucus changes and you know, if you're, if you want to know for sure, you do these ovulation predictor kits for a couple months just to get in tune. And, and then you're like, Oh, actually I'm, I'm more like days 11, 12, 13. And then it's done. My mucus, my mucus changes back, you know, like I, like my, I don't, my LH has dropped down, you know, then you're, I'm not fertile anymore. And other women, it's later, I've had women tell me like, oh my gosh, my ovulation predictor kit was positive on a day 18, not day 14. Like, all right, well then you're, you're, you're more fertile leading up to that. Right. And then, and then like the two days after Yeah, that can be really helpful when you're trying to prevent pregnancy, but also to know if you're trying to become pregnant eventually um, that you want the sperm, in there and ready to go right before ovulation because you only got about 24 hours after. And sperm can live in your cervical mucus for up to about five days, depending on the health of your mucus and, and then the sperm. So I, it does, I love, I love the, uh, the, this way of preventing pregnancy, mm-hmm. but it is definitely requires you to be just like you said, in tune with your body. Yeah. If you're not, if you're just like, well, my app says on one day 14, I'm ovulating. It's like no. Maybe. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, like, well,
0: this, I don't. Maybe to make it easy, like starting on day 10, you just start using a condom until mm-hmm. you pass those ovulation symptoms and give it like another two, three days just to be safe. And then you stop using right. a condom again. I mean, there's ways to make it where you don't have to use a condom all the time, but you don't, right. also don't have to go on a hormonal birth control. You don't have to have an IUD.
1: Right. You know? Absolutely. But you do have to pay attention because I have had women who say, well, I. Um, I feel like I got pregnant really close to my period. I'm like, you can, because if you ovulate early and your periods long, you know, if you're, if you're bleeding seven to nine days, but you, and you ovulate on day nine, um, which is, you know, early for a lot of women, but it's totally possible. It's true. You could for sure become pregnant. But if you don't know that, if you think you ovulate on day 14, because your app says so, um, then you miss the boat, right? Like now you're right. pregnant on day nine. Right. So that's why definitely it looks exactly. And then the other thing is that I say this all the time and I have for years, your ovaries are, um, not identical twins. They're sisters, but not identical twins. And so when you, let's say you track next month, um, and you're like, Oh, next month I listened to Carrie and Lauren and it turns out (laughs) I ovulate on day 16 must be day 16. And then the next month you do it again and you're like, what the heck? I ovulated on day 14. Like that's two days different. And then the next month you're back to 16 just be aware that your lefty and righty can be different um from month to month or when they go. Or you may be very consistent. You may find that you're consistently a day 16 person with all your symptoms, you know? So just yeah. just it may I tell women when you track, track, like track every month, like get really good at it. Yeah. Track great. for more than three months, like track great for follow-up a year.
0: Book, <laughs> so taking charge of your fertility exactly. if you want to read up more on it. And then I'll I'll put a podcast link um, to an episode I did. Um, on cycle tracking and how it was really with the, the goal of how to know when to have sex if you want to get pregnant, but you could also listen to it with that different intention that you don't want to. Right. <laughs> so so yeah. Okay, cool. I think we talked yeah. about all the birth control options. I think we right? covered
1: it all. And then abstinence, but I think everyone knows how to do that. Yeah. That's straightforward.
0: Yeah. All right, you guys. Well I hope this was helpful and um definitely check out Dr. Carrie Jones on Instagram. Is it just Dr. Carrie Jones? Is that your It's
1: name? Dr.
0: Carrie Jones. Okay. yeah. Such a good account. You have so many great tips and um, you know, information about the testing you do and if you guys ever get the chance to listen to her speak, it is a total treat. Actually, she was my gynecology <laughs> professor in school. <laughs> so, I got to be taught by the best so thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.
1: This is one of my favorite topics, so I love it. And you, you're one of my favorite people. Oh, thanks.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.